You're listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Sin, sin is so real. You know, I can think of sins in my life when I was in kindergarten. I can think of a sin in my life that transpired when I was uh, in eighth grade. Sin is, is a wound you never get over. It stays with you all the time. I can remember lying to my mother. You know, I wasn't a vicious liar, but I can remember it. I can remember picking on a boy. Oh, I wasn't picking on him, but I was there with the guys that were, and then I remember when he walked in front of the car. And a 63 Valiant hit him. I remember him landing on top of the roof and then on top of the hood and then on the glass window. And then the brakes were squealing and he was thrown off. I can remember that. I was with the guys. I could have stopped it. That was 1964, I think. And it's still there in my memory. I've often wondered what took place with that boy's life and what happened. I remember when he came into the high school and the next year I watched him come in with crutches and both legs broken. No, I didn't pick on him and I didn't make fun and I didn't toss little stones and rocks, but my friends were. And I didn't think we should be doing it, but I could have probably stopped it. I have so much regret in my life over me. And, and you that are without sin, why don't you go ahead and cast the first stone? That's what Jesus said about that woman taking an adultery. Sin is real and, it, and it's easy, it's easy to get trapped. I disappoint myself. I don't think I'm an angry driver, but sometimes I get ticked off. And I have to ask God, please control this. These, and I'll say, dumb people. They sit at this stoplight. And you know, just life is not about these dumb people. You said, my goodness, you probably shouldn't be our pastor. You're such a bad person. I, I know that. And the devil reminds me that. I want to be patient with people. I want to be kind to people. I want to work at it. I want to be forgiving to people. I want to try to be thoughtful. But it's an amazing thing how often I fail. Sin can easily destroy relationships. It can easily destroy marriages and families. It easily destroys trust. It easily destroys a life. Because sometimes we get so overwhelmed with our foolishness, our stupidity, if we use that word, our sin, that we do something and then we live in regret. I want to try to help us remove that regret and hopefully stop the sinning that is so easy. Today I address the subject of sin, and sin is to and you know the definition, to miss the mark. Sin is to err or to wander. Sin is to do wrong. It is easy to do wrong. I have tried, I've been paying taxes my entire life, I've tried never to lie 
And to my knowledge, I don't believe I've ever lied on my taxes. But some of you might, might be one of your sins. You embellish things. You lie about whatever it might be with your taxes. And I think it might be easy to do that. I think some uh, are, are dual lives. They're, they're so sweet and God bless you. And then there's a other part of them say against the same person. I, I can't stand that guy or whatever it might be or that lady. The subject of sin today, I address this subject because I want the, the guilt to be removed and the despair and the anguish of our sin. I want to remind you by way of introduction, there's always a consequence to sin. When lust, James 1.15, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It destroys relationships. There's a consequence to sin. I recall many years ago, my son was preaching here on a Sunday, and he said, we can choose our sin, but we cannot choose our consequences. But there's always a consequence. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth forsaketh them. You see, you're not going to prosper. Well, financially you might for a while, and you might prosper in this area or that area, but in life you won't prosper. And the one that's going to know that better than anyone is yourself. Psalm 51, where we read here this morning, David said, my sin is ever before me. That's a consequence. And why that sin is before me, because God doesn't want me doing that again. Yes, I don't have a mother. God doesn't want me to lie, uh, lie to my mother. She's gone. But God doesn't want me to lie to my wife or lie to my children or lie to the people of God or just fudge the truth a little bit. Because if a person fudges the truth, you're not connected to the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everything about Jesus is truth. So there's a consequence to sin, and there's conviction to sin. John 16, 8, God gave us the Holy Spirit when we were saved, 1 Corinthians 12. And he planted the Holy Spirit in our lives, and he said one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin. You know, when you get saved, the Spirit of God says, no, son, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't act that way. He said, well, I just didn't know. Yes, you did if you're saved. And if you don't get convicted, the Bible says in the book of Romans, that chapter, chapter number eight, you're none of his. You've never been born again. If you can sin and not get convicted, you're not saved. So there's consequences to sin. There's conviction with sin. There's confession of sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession is just simply, I'm going to agree with God. This is wrong. My bitterness is wrong. My carnality is wrong. My fleshly desires are wrong. I agree with you, God, in that regard. That, that verse again, Proverbs 20, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. And so there ought to be uh, whoso confesseth them. Well, God wants us to confess our sins. I believe it's a good practice at nighttime, if, as much as possible as you close out the day, to go back and rehearse the day and say, Lord, where did I fail? And what do I need to get right with you? 
Maybe I got it right with this person, but I didn't get it right with you. Maybe I told that person I, I, I was just a little bit too, too quick to answer, a little bit harsh there, or my tone wasn't right. Would you please forgive me? But we didn't go to God. Confess it to God as well. And if you will not confess it to God, generally you won't confess it to man. And so we see where there's a consequence to sin and conviction of sin and, and a confession of sin, but then there's concrete of sin. And I hope to bring that to our attention today. Whoso covereth his sins shall not prosper. Whoso confesseth and forsaketh them. God, say, it's alcohol in my life. It's drugs in my life. It's pornography in my life. It's, uh, it's wandering eyes in my life. It's hearing the wrong things. It's saying the wrong things. It's passing gossip. It's envy. It's fear. It's strife. It's sedition. It's uh, b- b- being rebellious to my parents or, or, or being a, a bossy woman or a neglectful husband. It's all sin. Did you notice dealing with our sin? We all have it. Wherefore is my one man Sin entered this world and death by sin. So death is passed upon, what's the word? All men, for all have sinned. The white Bible says the wages of sin is death, but all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So today, I, I want to look quick, and I know I looked at this again last night, in the middle of the night, I got up and looked at my message, and this morning, it's way too long. And don't worry, it's not going to be long here. I've got too many points. I just gave you four about sin, the consequences of sin, and all this business. One more introduction. We all have a sin nature. Whether you're saved, you still have a sin nature. My Bible says in the book of Romans that Paul was the, the great, great man that he was in Romans chapter number seven. He said, the things that I do, I should not be doing, and the things I'm not doing, I should do. Oh, wretched man that I am. We have a sin nature. There's no such thing. Some churches preach sinless perfection. Jesus was sinless, not you or not me. Prone to wander, I like the songwriter. I, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. We all have that sin nature. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 19 through 24 talks about our sin nature and the old man and the new man. And I give myself over the old man, the old Adamic flesh. I can sin. I give myself over to the new man. I'm renewed in righteousness. And so, yes, there's that sin nature. But not only do I have a sin nature, and I have to crucify that, I have a besetting sin. In Hebrews chapter 12, Wherefore, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. What triggers you? What is your sin that triggers so easy? It is just easy. Well, I, I, want, I want things. I just got to have things. I got to have possessions. I got to have money. I've got to have position. I've got to have authority. I've, I've got to have, I've got, I've have a drink. I've got to have a, 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 something that's calmed me down. I'm on, I'm on scr- uh, drugs. I've got to have these things. I, I just need these things. I need bigger things, better things, more things. Uh, I, I just don't, that, that's going to trap you. What is your, 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 your I, I know today, I, in fact, I was praying for someone this morning, not even here. I was just praying. It is a, a, a sin of spending their life in remorse and guilt over their sin. Can't even get to the house of God. That's a sin. Why? Because we're so overwhelmed with our failure. 
so overwhelmed. There's a besetting sin. It could be fear. It could be gossip. I don't know. There's some people that in this room undoubtedly, you, you just pass information. I do not know what's on the internet because I don't have any idea how to do the internet thing or Facebook or any of it. One of our newer Christians said, well, I love this church. I love you, Pastor, Mrs. T, all that. I love it, love it. I went online. Man, everybody doesn't love you, do they? So I don't know what it all says on there. And I'm hoping not to provoke you to go look, but now you're probably going to go look. But they probably say some bad things. But you know what I found out about people when they say things online? Generally, they're not true. I think there's more damage being done with the lives of people through social media than good. And I'm, we're on social media to 100 countries right now, I'm sure. I'm thankful for what it can do. You be very, very careful. I've had, I've had situations where I'm dealing with a pastor over an issue. And so I said, well, did you hear what's happening there, that church? And I said, you know, I'd really rather not talk about it. I know the whole situation. The pastor's been calling me. I've been dealing with the pastor. And his stuff said, well, this is constant every week, the care of the churches. But I know what's happening. But someone said online, here's what they said. I'm thinking, I don't say anything. You know, what you found online is not even near what's happening. And both sides could tell you that's not happening. But it's online, and once it's there, it's there. There is a besetting sin, and there is an easy to sin. And, and then Galatians 5, uh, verse 19 through 20, sins of the flesh. It's easy to commit those 19 sins of the flesh. You look in the Bible, Abraham, the father of the nation Israel, lied about his wife. Jonah, the great preacher, he quit on God. And then got mad when God sent a revival over 600,000 souls got right with God. And he sat under a tree and, and, and pouted because he was ticked off that God saved this city. And he had to be there and do this. You think of Joseph's brothers. They all lied for over 20, 25 years to their dad about their brother being killed. It wasn't killed. God was raising them up in, in Egypt to care for the family. You think of Job's wife, how she failed. Why don't you just curse God and die? I find all throughout the word of God, people fail in their Christian life. And so it's so easy. And then, of course, because of our damnic flesh we mentioned earlier. And because of the world, the world can draw you in. You say, well, I don't have sin. If any man say he hath not sinned, he is a liar. First, Corinthians, First John Chapter number one, verse seven, in chapter two. So I think we agree that it's easy to sin. But in these closing moments, I want to give you a formula to have victory over sin. They say a pastor, generally, if you'll listen carefully, if you stay in his church long enough, you'll know what he's dealing with. He preaches to himself. And yes, this morning I'm preaching to myself, I'm faithful to my wife. I'm faithful to my kids. You know, the Bible says, and I hope I don't come across as old, but in Ecclesiastes 12, you get older, the doors go shut. You can't hear as well. 
the windows close. You can't see as well. And you're afraid of heights. Now I fly all over the place. I've always hated it, but I hate it more than ever. I was in Washington, D.C., and, and I've gone up to that 555-foot Washington Monument many times. I've looked over the city, all four windows. You can look out there. It's no problem. I, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm on the roof of my house, both floors. It doesn't bother me to go outside of floor one, floor two. But I get to the edge. About three years ago, it started scaring me. That's hard to believe. We built that building over there on Clyde Avenue. It goes up 34 feet. I shimmied up the side every day working on it. I didn't use a ladder. I just climbed up the side. And I put my foot on a, on a block and keep going up. Well, I got to that Washington Monument last time, so I wouldn't do this. No big deal. And I, as that elevator went up, I'm thinking, I don't like this. And here's what I did. There's four windows, four sides. Punch the button and I got out of there. I said, Lord, if you get me down, I'll never come back up here again, I promise you. I'm not afraid of heights, but I sure was that day. A lot of us know one another's sins. I have, you're looking at a pastor, I have, I have tremendous, I'm not being bragging, I'm just telling you, I have tremendous, tremendous faith in God. I believe God. God can do anything. But Brother Charlie, with that great faith that I believe, there's sometimes great fear. Wherever your strength is, generally that same strength can produce fear. Because I have faith that God can do, I'll, I'll get us out on a limb, man. We're, we're going out here. We're, we're going to go do this. And midway through, I'm thinking, what did I do? Well, that happened in that old building on Clad. We had built some buildings, but we were building a 32,000-square-foot 32, building in 1981, 82, and 83. And, and I th thought it was going to cost about excuse me, $550,000, and it cost $1.2 million. And I thought it was going to be done in 52 weeks, and it was done in 104 weeks. And we met without one parking stall in a tent for two years. And you know, in the midst of that, I said, Lord, what have I done? Why did I do this? I had great faith to believe. We're going to do this. Rise up and build. Let's go. And, and then uh, I had this man right over here. He said, you, you're lead, you led us wrong. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to tell me. I feel like I did. But what are you going to do, tear the half of the building down? We're stuck. We're in the middle of the Jordan. We've got to get across. And then he worked up another family. We had a few of those things through the years. Yes. And that really helped my faith. Oh, no, that helped my fear. See, now even the sheep don't believe in what we're doing here. But the vast majority did, but two families. May I tell you this? God wants you to have victory, and God wants me to have victory over sin. Let's wrap it up. How can I have victory over sin? Let me give you some S's. Spirit-filled. Being spirit-filled. Walk in the spirit, 
and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so every day I yield myself, dear Holy Spirit, to you. You're the God that can guide me, can teach me, can comfort me, can instruct me, can improve me. That is the job. You can comfort me. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. I just gave you five or six. The job of the Holy Spirit is to do that for you and for me. And so when I live my life, I don't just pray in the morning throughout the day. I said, Lord, I don't know if I feel spirit-filled right now. And I need to empty myself of myself and be filled with the Spirit. I never get more of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God gets more of me. I got all of the Spirit of God at salvation, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But God needs to have all of me day by day and throughout the day. You ever find you're having a great day? Everything's great, loving God, praising God, and then something triggers you and all of a sudden you say, how did I do that? How did I lose it? How did I fail so fast? Well, the evidence that I wasn't walking in the Spirit, fellowshipping with the Spirit, listening to the reproving of the Spirit, the comfort of the Spirit, the conviction of the Spirit of God, the leading of the Spirit, the guiding of the Spirit. Those are all Bible terms in the Word of God, what He'll do for you and me. So I want to have victory of this sin. Well, then I need to be Spirit-led, Spirit-filled, to walk in the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Spirit-filled. Number one, what? Number one, what? Secondly, self-denial. I am, according to the Word of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 31, die to self. I am to die to self. One day, if not the rapture, I'll get old down the road and one day I'll breathe my last and there'll be a casket here. I'm not trying to make any humor. You can come by and pinch me and I won't say ouch because I'm dead. I can't feel it. And that's the same illustration of what God wants me to be to myself. You think of the last disagreement that you had with your mate. And it, it intensified because you're going to win. And when you win, you generally lose. How many men have had to sleep out on the couch? Why doesn't a woman ever have to sleep on the couch? Can someone write a book on women sleeping on the couch? You know, when we got married, of course, now I sleep all over the house. I start in the bed and I, I go all in a recliner chair and all over the place. But I purposed that I was going to get married. I am not getting married to sleep on a couch, and we haven't. I'm going to sleep in a bed. I mean, if anybody's going to the couch, you're going to the couch, not me. I'm staying in the bed. I don't understand that. Well, we haven't talked in two weeks. Well, what's that about? You know what? That, that's all about pride. Pride's such a wicked thing. But when you die to yourself, I have to win this. Whether you're male or female, whether son or daughter, siblings together, I'm, I'm going to win. I, I don't care if I have to lie, cheat, steal, hurt, offend. I am going to win. I'll raise my voice. I'm stronger than she is. I'm stronger than those kids. But those kids one day are going to be stronger than you. 
I know a man and a woman that were very strong and they kept their kids in such submission out of fear, but then their kids grew up. And then one by one their kids got divorced and they all came home. And they were mad at their parents and their parents put a hinge and a padlock on their bedroom door at night because they were afraid of their own kids. So you're going to have to die of self, and so will I. I. I would hope, I know my wife has done this, but I would hope as a pastor, I, I hope I haven't led you out of arrogance and intimidation and fear, but rather as a shepherd. But as I have to die to self, you must die to self. One, spirit-filled. Two, self-denial. How do I have victory over my sin? Number one is what? Spirit-filled. Two is self-denial. Number three, I must suppress all sin. Colossians 3, 5 says this. Mortify your flesh which be upon this earth. And he deals with fornication and uncleanness and inordinate affection and evil consciousness and covetousness, which is idolatry. And he says, I want you to suppress that. You mortify. And we know what that is. If you don't know what mortification is, see Dr. May Armida. She's a dentist. That's what these dentists do to us. We get in the chair and they're so nice. It's like when you join the Marine Corps. We'll take care of you. And then there's boot camp. You knuckleheads! Yeah. And the, the nurse, the, the, the dentist is always, hey, how you doing? How's the church going, pastor? Everything's, I'm thinking, and sometimes I've told, you big phony, stop this nonsense. You know in a few minutes you're going to mortify me. Uh, several years ago, I had to go into surgery for something in my mouth, and, and so they laid me on this table, and they began to bring all these sterile pieces of equipment, and the lights were coming down on that flat table, and the nurses were coming in, and the doctor came in. I said, what? And he goes, well, we're going to have to give you a lot of shots here, first of all, because you don't want to be put out under. I said, oh, no, no, I don't like that. So we're going to have to give you a lot of shots. I said, okay, let's do this. I started to stand up and get up. He goes, what are you doing? I said, you get down first. Because he said, it's not going to hurt. I said, you get here. Let me do you first. (laughs) What he did is he mortified my gums. He deadened them. God says, I have to not only have self-denial, I must suppress. I'm not as good a Christian as you think I am. I want to be. Years ago on Scott here, there used to be, you come under that underpass, there used to be a, a big sign there. And one day I came around and there was something of some woman on the sign. And that wasn't really what you wouldn't want your pastor to look at. It wasn't a good sign. And I'm not responsible for just seeing it, but I am responsible for looking back. And I said, God, I don't know how long that sign's going to be up there. But I can get over to El Camino a lot of different ways, and I'm not coming this way for the next couple months. You know what I was trying to do? Suppress. I wanted to say, I'm going to put myself under. So I want to have victory over my sins, so I have to have the Spirit of God. 
I have to have self-denial, and I must learn to say no, suppress some things in my life. If your thing is gossip, then get off the internet. Just say no to it. If you spread information, just get off of it. If you have anger problems, then get away from the anger. So it's my wife, then, then grow up. Or it's my husband, then grow up. And say, God, you have to help me here. You control me. Fourth, and I'm, I know I'm out of time. I have to have the scriptures. The Bible says in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, now are ye clean through his word. If I want a clean life that's free from habitual sins, I am going to have to get in the scriptures. Dale Moody said, let this book get in you and you in this book. Or he said it this way, this book will keep you from sin. Our sin will keep you from this book. So I just don't have a desire to read the Bible. Well, then there's some sin that's taken its place. You see, God wants my sin to be, God wants me to be clean, and I'm clean. Now you're clean through the word of God. Wherewithal, Psalm 119, shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto to the word of God. If I can get myself in the word of God, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so the spirit of God is going to give me victory. Self-denial is going to give me victory. Suppression of sin and saying no and learning just say no, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going to do that. And, and self-discipline and being controlled. And then the scriptures. Let me give you another one and we'll be done. Supplication. Turning to God in prayer. Say, God, help me. God, please help me. The last one, sanctuary. Get to the house of God. A lot of those things we've been talking about, sins, I don't feel like doing them right now. I'm here at God's house. So if it's fear that grips my heart, I don't feel fear right now. I'm with the people of God. I'm hearing that choir sing this morning. I'm watching these bows go up and down and those brass and, 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 and hear, uh, hearing, I just, and hearing that men's tree on, hearing that solo on, being with God's people and, and the response today, just God's people and the beauty of it all, just you can have victory. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It's going to cost you a lot more than you want to pay. You know, you pastor long enough. I've dealt with so many drunkards. And it breaks my heart because that, I, I don't know what alcohol would be like, but all of a sudden, that which you think you can control is controlling you. And I don't get mad at you. I get heartbroken because you, like all of us, you've trapped yourself with something that you cannot get victory over. But God can give you victory. That's why I went to the cross. And won salvation for us. He purchased our salvation. I don't think you can do it this way now, but I can remember the old property so many times. I'd go to the toilet 
and flush drugs down the drain. I don't think you can do it that way anymore. So you're watching online. Don't turn me in. We didn't know. There's so many, so many street drugs that, that, that just come through. And you don't want to be that son or you don't want to be that husband or that wife. I've been shocked how many professional people I've worked with that are drug addicts. Big names, big positions. But drugs have a hold of them. All of us have sin. What's yours? And what are the sins that easily beset us? So, well, if I come forward today, everybody's going to think I'm a sinner. Well, join the crowd. We all deal with it. But you cannot move into 2024 and have a victorious year with carrying sin into the year. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.